This is an exclusive presentation of WoWo 1190 AM and 1075 FM, giving you an in-depth look at all the stories, events, and topics that show how our officers serve and fight for our community every single day. Unholstered. Here we go. Welcome back to another edition of Unholstered. I am just one of your hosts. My name is Kayla Blakesley. I actually host a news talk radio program here in Fort Wayne, Indiana during the week. And I get to host this program alongside my co-host, Sophia, on the weekends. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sophia Rosales-Scatina. I am a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department. And welcome to our show, Unholstered. This show is all about sharing and telling the stories that do not get told when it comes to backing our men and women in blue. And not just here in Fort Wayne but really all across the country. Um, today, Sophia, we actually brought in a guest, back in a guest, I should say, uh, that we had on a couple of weeks ago because we had this really intense conversation <laughs> about fentanyl, which you and I have talked about it before here on the show. As you know, it's a topic I'm particularly passionate about. I know that you can be as well. Um, but I'm particularly passionate about it because, unfortunately, not a lot of people are aware of fentanyl and what fentanyl is. Here's the deal. We're not really going to get into that uh, with our guests that we brought back because we just got into that a couple of episodes ago. So if you really want the breakdown of what fentanyl is, uh, how your kids are getting a hold of it, what it looks like, what it can do, and what it is doing currently to our country, I highly suggest you download uh, a previous episode of Unholstered. That's number 39, number, episode 39. Episode 39. Thank you, Sophia, <laughs> yes. our, our resident stat girl always. Um, <laughs> Definitely check that out. Um, but I wanted to carry on the conversation today, and I really kind of want to open up the can of worms of the why, of why we have this fentanyl epidemic that we have right now. I want to go all the way over to China if we can do that. This morning, we uh, brought back Mark Gerardo. He's a detective in our Vice Narcotics Unit, and he was happy to return. Um, he did a great job last time, and I know he had way more to say when we were talking off the air. So we decided another episode was probably um, what we needed to do. So here we are. Mark, I'm glad you came back. Oh, thank you for having me back. <laughs> I want to share something with you that I think is quite staggering. I'd love to get your thoughts on this uh, before we really dive into the why of this fentanyl epidemic. So we had you on a couple of weeks ago talking about this, and I am the one who threw out this stat, you know, when we're just starting this conversation about fentanyl. And the stat is, uh, according to the CDC, uh, last year, um, fentanyl overdose led in deaths for adults ages 18 to 45. Um, and a a lot of people just uh, didn't want to believe that or refused to believe that. I had lots of conversations with lots of listeners saying that that just wasn't true and that it was false. I'm not really sure why they thought it was false. It's really easy to look up. In fact, I actually sent all of these listeners a direct link to the same data that you and I all have seen and looked at. Um, but to even take it one step further than, than that, Mark, I wanted to pass this along, too. I, I did even more digging into these calculations so we could talk about it here today. Um, but according to the Families Against Fentanyl, which is an arm of the CDC, it's under that CDC umbrella, not only were fentanyl overdoses the leading cause of death for this age group of 18 to 45 just last year, they have been for the past three years. Correct. And that margin is growing. So why is it, Mark, that people want to take me to task and say that's not true? <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know why we don't want to look at facts and just admit that, hey, there's a problem, and let's start working on solving the problem. Well, okay, that is part of the problem, though, right? We just don't want to admit that we have the problem. I, you know, I think we fall into this this place of the media is telling us guns are the problem. The media right now is telling us Ukraine is the problem. Uh, the media is telling us baby formula is a problem right now. Is it simply because we just don't have enough people talking about it? I personally believe that uh, 
you know, we're not addressing these problems because for many reasons, I think there's many reasons why we don't talk about it uh, on a large scale. Uh, one of which is a lot of people are getting very wealthy off of this uh, problem. Yeah. Uh, there's a, we're not talking hundreds of millions. We're talking hundreds of billions mm-hmm. of dollars on a national or world scale, not national, but a world scale of uh, drug importation and sales. Uh, also, there's all kinds of things like money laundering that are involved in bribery. And, you know, this drives a gigantic underground market or I read a great article one time from High Times, believe it or not, and it's called the black market GDP. So we're not addressing a problem because I just think a lot of people are getting very wealthy off of it. Kind of like cancer, right? We don't necessarily want to get a cure to cancer because then it will no longer be this major money-making thing for us. Yeah, and prior to the show starting, uh, it was interesting you when you were telling me about some of your listeners uh, kind of taking you to task about the stat, and I'll have uh, Sophia read it, but let's just look at us locally as a community. Uh, Due to gun violence or homicide, what was our numbers for last year? 2021, we saw 41 homicides in 91 battery by firearm. Now, some of those homicides do include are included in that 91 number. But if you just look at the overall deaths we had um, from overdose, it was 173. Oh, well, wow. So even here locally in Fort Wayne. It's astronomically it's higher. Astronomical. So I, I'm not sure where people, where the breakdown is happening, and unless they're just regurgitating what you know, everyone's talking about maybe in the media or in newspapers or online. We see we see the gun violence prevalent all the time. Gun violence leads our media reports every day. But this, you don't hear a peep. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes when we bury those things in the media, people just don't know that they're happening. But they are happening in this community, and it's taking a lot of resources to address the problem. And we we need to, as a community, understand that just because it's not on the news doesn't mean it's not happening. That's kind of what I want to do today is try and address this problem. And I know we're not going to solve the world's fentanyl problems here today in a matter of 27 minutes on Unholstered. But, Mark, you, you are an expert on this topic, and I would love to hear your thoughts, your theories, your beliefs, whatever it might be, when it comes to why we do have this problem. We know one thing for sure is uh, starting in the 90s, I mean, if we're really gonna dial it back, it started with us in America, Mm -hmm. and it started with our medical association and the pharmaceutical companies. Again, I believe wholeheartedly, it started with the desire just to become wealthy. Uh, pharmaceutical back to money. You back to always back to money. So uh, Purdue Pharma, which is owned by the Sackler family, back in the '90s, they created a little drug called OxyContin. Uh, OxyContin is an opioid, just like fentanyl, just like heroin. Uh, they, they all work in the same chemical fashion in our bodies. They create a euphoric high. They also can alleviate pain, but they also can get you high. That the bottom line is is it gets you high. So uh, Purdue Pharma went out and they started really pushing their new drug. Uh, they went to the doctors, they went to the medical associations, and I don't know the exact stat. We can look it up later. It's not off the top of my head. I don't have it. But uh, the pharmaceutical companies give an awful lot of money mm-hmm. to our medical schools. So while our doctors in training are in medical school, they are being influenced by our drug and pharmaceutical companies. So back in the 90s, this starts off. Uh, 
Purdue Pharma says it's a pseudo addiction. People can't really get addicted to it, which was an absolute lie. lie. Yeah. Uh, this can be proven because there was a ginormous lawsuit and criminal investigation, uh, ironically, not against the Sackler family who were behind it, but actually against Purdue Pharma. Mm -hmm. And I think it ended up costing them like somewhere around $750 million, which is nothing. Which is pocket yeah. change. Pocket yeah. change of cost of doing business. They made billions. Yeah. So in the end, uh, all these people were brought on trial. They were uh, looking at felony charges, CEOs of the company, other people involved in it. They all walked. I don't know that anybody, don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure not one of them did a day in jail. Uh, this started the opiate epidemic in the United States. This was the beginning. So somewhere around uh, 2014, I believe, China figured out we can start making illicit fentanyl and start sending it to America and it makes money. And then if, when you want, we'll go down that path of why China does this. Well, okay, I was just gonna ask, is that the root cause of the why for China? Does it come down to just money? Or is it much deeper than that? So what's interesting is, is there was a book written in 1999. It was actually published. Uh, it was uh, written by two Chinese uh, Communist Party Air Force pilots. Uh, and it was called Unrestricted Warfare. Uh, I think the first translation into English was from the Naval Warfare here in America. Uh, they wanted to, they actually asked them for permission hmm. uh, to get it translated into English. And they started teaching it and studying it. Uh, getting the basic points of it was, is it's a new way to look at warfare in the world. Uh, China looks at America as the pinnacle of uh, global domination, and they want our spot. And this is their way to achieve it. It's one of many ways. So the way they um, think, or one of the ways that they think about warfare is, uh, and the reason this book was written, is these two colonels basically philosophically proposed a way of how to defeat, if I'm an underdeveloped nation or I'm not as powerful as a nation either, where I don't have the military strength, I don't have the Air Force, the Navy that maybe America does, how do I defeat them? So what they do is, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners would have heard this before, it's the death of 10,000 cuts. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to beat you up in one fight, I have to beat you up slowly over thousands of fights. And I do it from innocuous ways that aren't kinetic warfare. So kinetic warfare is a way that we fight battles in the past where it started with rocks and stones, went to swords and spears, to bow and arrows, to crossbows, now into nuclear weapons. That's all kinetic warfare. It's where you and I meet on a battlefield and we shoot, kill, stab Duke each other. Yeah. This is a way uh, we have another name for it. It's called asymmetrical warfare. So that means we come at you from angles and sides and we take things that are not warfare-esque in our common traditional knowledge, and we use them as weapons. So hypothetically, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but just sake for conversation, like COVID, potentially, there's a lot of people that believe it originated from, uh, you know, a Wuhan lab in China on purpose to be released in the United States. But is that kind of what you mean by that? Oh, yeah. And they, they talk about it. And then it's unrestricted warfare. They talk about uh, several methods of warfare as a consideration of how to defeat America. Uh, biological weapons, chemical weapons, um, using anything that seems innocuous that you wouldn't know as a weapon, like as a weapon. So fentanyl is a, it's a, it's a fantastic tool. I hate to say it in those terms, but for them as a weapon of war, I can't guarantee that this is what they're doing, but it surely appears that way because they are outpacing every other drug that ever came out of Mexico with fentanyl. And Mexico's now on board. They are actually co-partners in flooding America with illicit fentanyl. I was watching a news report this morning, and I 
I think this congressman was probably listening to Unholstered, the last, the 39th <laughs> episode, because he said this morning, this is chemical warfare. Yeah. And I said before it was biological warfare. It's the same thing. They're releasing things into our country, and, and we're readily taking them. I mean, you, you can ship whatever you want over, but we have to ingest it for it to work, and we're doing that. We're doing that in high numbers, and that's a problem. Well, that's kind of the next layer to the story. So you kind of got China manufacturing this fentanyl. It's coming to the U.S. through the southern border through Mexico, and then it lands here, and like you just said it, Sophia, we have to ingest it. We got to pop the pills. We got to shoot it up. We got to take it. Why is America the pill-popping country that it is? What is happening that we, it's now the leading cause of death for adults 18 to 45? One of my theories, I think it's one. Make it make sense, Mark. <laughs> I, I, think it, I think I have one facet to it, and you know, I've been a police officer for 24 years, and I've been in narcotics for 18. And I think I talked on the last show, when I started off, I was an undercover and I bought crack cocaine. That was like the predominant drug in our country. It was, it's highly addictive, it was everywhere. I mean, it was so everywhere. I probably could have wore a police t-shirt and still bought crack cocaine in wow. Fort Wayne, Indiana. So this is going on across America. So as I've looked at this problem over the years from a narcotics detective's perspective and wanting to solve a problem, uh, not the world's problem, but maybe just here locally, how do we get ahead of this? And uh, one of the things that I've noticed over the years is, and maybe your listeners have noticed this too, is if you watch public TV, Predominant commercials are all about medications. Mm -hmm. That's one. So we see it every day on TV. You know, you take a pill for psoriasis. You take a pill for this. So if you got a problem, you take a pill. And it gives you 14 side effects, so take a different <laughs> pill to fix those side effects. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second thing was, is we went through a phase in America, which we're still in it. I don't know how uh, much they're pushing it now, but I know it still exists is with Ritalin and Adderall. So when kids are young and they're supposedly ADHD and hyperactive, and I know there are some, uh, I'm not a, doctor, but I know there are kids that it probably helps them. But as a whole, I feel like we overprescribe mm -hmm. these kids with pills when they're little. Well, when I'm a small child, my brain is underdeveloped. An adult that I trust is saying, hey, take this pill and your life is going to be better. And my friend, you've had him on your show, Nate Mullering, yeah. he yeah. completely agrees with me on this. And he, he said it on the show when he was on. He, is he a said that. Drug <laughs> addict, like terrible drug addict. And thank God he's, you know, he's good now. But he even said that as well. We've had these many discussions uh, about this. We flooded children with a solution to a problem that some of them didn't even have. Like when you're young, I was hyperactive. I'm ADHD. I've got yeah. type A personality. It's probably what makes me, I think, a good police officer because I have a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like to go out and get in the community and talk to people, and I, I'm energized by that. Uh, but for these kids, we've then now greased these neural pathways. You have a problem, take a pill. Then it turns in, you have a problem, take a drug. And what we're seeing a lot of now, especially on our side with these overdoses, a lot of these young people, you know, the 18 to 25-year-olds, uh, they're not good at solving problems. Yeah. They're, they're very – life throws them some stress, and they deal with it by taking – some kind of narcotic. And I interview people every day. I talk to people who aren't high, but I know they're drug users. Uh, we work in these hotels in Fort Wayne where there's a lot of drug activity and prostitution. And I just sit and talk to people. I'm not in a hurry to take somebody to jail. I want to understand why they have their problems. And almost every single one I've ever talked to is, yeah, I was clean for eight months or six months, and then my grandmother died. I just couldn't handle it. Mm. And then I go back to drugs. My wife broke up with me. We got divorced. Uh, I lost my kid to DCS because of this, and now I just couldn't handle it anymore. We're just it's, looking to numb the pain. 
Yeah. We're numbing the pain, and we do not have the skills to handle stress. Boy, that opens yeah. up a whole bigger uh, can of worms, doesn't it? Yeah, we've it said does. on the show before, This is a lot of this is deep-seated in mental health. Yeah. So yes. if you go back generationally, I've been a police officer over 28 years, the crack cocaine, the the meth, all those things, they bred families that were just torn apart by these drugs. Kids were left feeling abandoned. They were neglected, sometimes abused physically, sexually. That all brings on trauma. And now they're just trying to cope. They're trying to numb these feelings because they're not getting treatment. They're not getting treatment for all this deep-seated trauma that they've endured so they lo they're looking for something to mask those feelings so they can just push on the next day. And this is what we're doing. And this, drugs are just have this cycle and it just repeats itself, it repeats itself. So then you have, then they become adults who are drug users who now have children that they're neglecting, abusing, and, like and abandoning. Said, and it's just on. a cycle that continues until we get to the root cause of the trauma. And we have, we don't, we, just, I mean, we simply do not have enough counselors, enough therapists, enough psychologists, psychologists. Um, to, to handle these problems, and so it just is going to keep repeating until we start facing this as a community, which we have to do in order to solve it. Do you feel like we're facing it in our community? I think we are starting to. I think there's enough people like Mark and Nate and Tani and Jennifer Hope out there that are pushing this this narrative that needs to be told in this show right here. I, I don't hear a lot of people outside of um, th those people I just named and their and their small groups doing it. But I think if we shout from the rooftops enough, Kayla, that we'll get people to listen. And I'm if shouting we, with you. Yeah, and if we can get those listeners to just actually look at fact, not emotion, not what you see on TV, go go and do your own and you know investigation into the numbers. Like you know, they're challenging you on num on numbers. These are facts. They're not something we're making up here. Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of facts over feelings. Always yes. have been, always will be. And I think that's what's frustrating, at least from the media side of things. I, I, I kind of said it earlier. The media genuinely, truly tells you what to care about. It drives the narrative. It drives the yeah. narrative. And quite frankly, I think that's scary. I find yeah. having that kind of power to be a scary thing. Now, granted, the power that I have on my show is not that of CNN or MSNBC or Fox News or what have you, but it's still scary. That they have that much power that and that, that people believe everything yes. that, that is told to them as if it's fact. And like I said, we've said on previous shows, those small snippets of videos you see on TV about police, you don't see the whole context. Mm -hmm. You see the small snippet. Well, that's easily kind of when you look in the broader picture, be like, yeah, this is why this happened. It wasn't just a small snippet. It's this larger picture. Yeah, but what's what's interesting is, is uh, talking about this, uh, everything seems to look like it's something local. Like when you see a police officer on TV doing something that appears to be bad, it's always local, then press nationally. But what's interesting, back to full circle to my unrestricted warfare that they wrote, one of the things they talk about is how powerful the media is. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Chinese are very, very in tune with their control of the people by using the media. Their media is all state controlled. The CCP runs all their news agencies. There are no independent news agencies in China. Uh, we they might can, be headed that same direction. They, I don't know. They can even shut down internet access. I guess I didn't realize there was not a single independent news station there. No. I did not realize. No. Actually, the Epic Times, most of the people, mild people may have not heard of the Epic Times. You can get pretty good news articles out of them. Most of them came from the former Communist Party, and they fled China. No they came kidding. here and they started the Epic Times, which is a their, their news periodical. Uh, they've got a lot of good articles and they talk about a lot of these things on there um, but this unrestricted warfare these two colonels were very adamant about how they can manipulate and control the people by using the media and it is being carried out 
even their influence on America in our media. They have power over us. Yeah. Talk about a weapon. Talk media yeah. war. You know, I know we're talking about you know chemical warfare and biochemical warfare and nuclear warfare, but I mean, but media it's all warfare. the same. I mean, the media get into people's heads, yeah. and you've got them. And they not only control the the news cycles, they didn't control the internet. Remember uh, when we were over there for the Olympics, they were telling our people not to say anything disparaging about China because then you would face consequences. I'm like, why are we even here? Yeah, why are we here? Amen. Amen. Um, so, I've been drum for a long time too. So you so know, <laughs> it was one of those things where they control everything, every aspect of someone's life. They control where you work, what you do, what your career is going to be. Uh, Everything, and then they're pointing fingers at America. And I'll say this because it's relevant to to poli this police show. They're pointing fingers here about you have these racist cops in America, and you you have this racism problem, and your cops are killing people. Meanwhile, they're they're have concentration camps where they're mm -hmm. taking the religious minorities yeah. and and persecuting them, um, and they're pointing fingers at us <laughs> for for what they view as police brutality. Well, you know what's interesting is uh, in response to what you were saying, Sophia, uh, in this book, they talk about how, and it's one of the multiple, they have multiple facets of how to take America down. So one of them is, is to create a disparaging attitude from the people of America against their political party and their government. And they know very well, they're very good studies of America and our history, better than us sometimes. And we are a constitutional republic and we are based on Christian principles. Whether people want to believe it or not, it is a fact. Go back and read our founding fathers. I'm a huge Mark, it US matter history if it's a fact. Sometimes people still want to believe it. <laughs> they, they may not, but all you gotta do is get on the Smithsonian keeps all the letters of our founding fathers mm -hmm. to each other, you can look those yeah. up, they're free. Mm -hmm. I challenge you to go look it up and prove me wrong. Amen. So we have a constitutional foundation, and if we start kicking the bricks out of our foundation, eventually they know the house will collapse. Wow. Mm -hmm. And this thing with the drugs, that is a huge marker because it doesn't just affect the drug addict, it affects everybody around them. So let's look at the stats of families that have, Nate's family was a great example. He comes from a really good family. It was destroying them mentally and physically because they were so distraught over his drug habit, like the life he was leading because of these drugs. So now not just Nate's life is breaking down, but his family's life is breaking down. And then let's get into what is the cost to Americans when we have millions of dollars just here in Fort Wayne being stolen from the Walmart because they're stealing to supply drug habits. Drug habits yeah. And then what about the prisons that we have to put these people in? How much money does that cost the American population? And the and law all the rehabs, all, all, I mean, that all not also it. spirals too. I like what you said about them just kind of slowly kicking out our bricks, essentially, in our foundation you know, crumbling and that we are built on Christian values, whether people want to believe that or not. It takes me back to the book of Matthew that says a divided house cannot stand. Correct. Yeah. And I, I actually always take that into politics, which I don't really want to totally get that divisive here because this is not that kind of show. But I do kind of take that full circle to our politicians as well, because you can't tell me that they don't also know this is a problem. And yet Correct. they it appears, at least to me on the outside, that there's not really doing being much being done to solve said problem. But hey, we just started um, a hearing on UFOs, so that's right. Um, that's I, right. I, I was listening to that this morning. I'm like, this is what we're focused on, really, this, right now. This is what we're focused on. We have yeah. so many things going on in our country, and we're just. I don't even know. I, I can't even tell you my dismay this morning when I heard this report. I feel like, you know, as a study of history, like one of the things I think is interesting is America does this all the time. We have real issues that need to be addressed by our government, our politicians, and the people that live within this society. 
the Roman Empire created the gladiator games to keep the people distracted. Mm -hmm. So they would go and they wouldn't think about cholera and warfare and disease and problems that the government wasn't handling like they should have been. They just send them to the games. Well, that's like our today's day entertainment industry is created. So we don't care about. Ours is the Internet and Twitter. Yeah, Internet and Twitter. We care more about uh, Johnny Depp and his trial right now than we care about our fentanyl epidemic or than we care about the southern border. The Kardashians Um, and who's having a baby with whom and celebrities. And none of that matters. What matters is your family unit and what's going on in your community. That's what matters. So as, as we're kind of nearing the end of, of this episode, and I, I know the three of us, I know, time just flies <laughs> by, and we could talk about this for hours, but I strive to at least mark on most episodes, or we strive to kind of end on a upbeat, positive note. I, I'm, I'm struggling personally to find one. I don't really know what the upside, positive side, if there even is one to the conversation we're having, but maybe that is just it, that, that conversations are finally starting to happen about this epidemic. They are. And uh, the communities are starting to wake up. And the the way they're waking up is it's because of the tragedy of so many people being Mm -hmm. affected and dying or just overdosing. Like we're not even talking. We're talking close to 100,000 deaths, if not more, of opioid overdoses. We're not even talking about how many times do we have people that are being narcan and being saved over and over. How many hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people are being involved in that. So it's affecting all of our families in our community, most people are not exempt anymore. So now their eyes are being opened that, hey, I've lost a niece or a nephew or a son or a daughter or a husband or a wife, or they're my best friend's family. And you hear about it and you're like, this is a real problem. It's not just something that we're hiding under the rug and hoping you know, it'll go away on its own. So if I had to put a nice little bow on it, China is manufacturing fentanyl, this synthetic opioid being trafficked into the U.S. from, for the most part, the southern border. And then it reaches here, and we are ingesting it out of our own free will. Free will yeah. uh, again to ease the pain, and and so the circle continues to go on. China sees that for whatever reason, money, power, world domination. That is essentially what's happening. Correct. Yes. And the numbers from last year, just to put this in perspective, from October 2020 to September 2021, 104,288 overdose deaths from drugs. Opioids accounted for 78,388 of those deaths. Jeez. So was, those are Americans throughout our nation. That was just last year? Just last year. Yeah, yeah so the, the, the government uh, fiscal year. You didn't make up that data, no, I right, I did not Sophia? make up this data. Okay, I, I pulled sure this clear. From, uh, from some sources online. But real quick, though, if you know someone that's suffering, please call our Heartline Hope and Recovery team at 427-5801. Uh, big shout-out to you, uh, Detective Gerardo. I appreciate you coming back in. I can tell you are just as passionate about this topic of conversation. I know it's not going to go away. As I said, the three we'll of us are back. not going to solve this problem. <laughs> uh, so we will be back. In the meantime, if you have any questions, or concerns, or, or as Sophia said, if you know anybody who's suffering um, from drug addiction, reach out to me, reach out to Sophia, reach out to the Hope and Recovery Line. I'll be sure uh, to put that number and the link in our podcast page right there on Unholstered. And as always, you can listen to any previous episodes of Unholstered by downloading the podcast. You can download it anywhere you download a podcast. Your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And remember, you can listen every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo 1190 and 1075 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.